Hello and welcome to the podcast of tech.eu. I am your host, Andre Degelor. In today's show, we have got fresh funding, a SPAC, some VC news, a new startup, an acquisition, a public listing, and a court case. That is a perfect mix, if I say so myself. Later on, I will also play you an interview with Christian Colondra, who explains the latest announcement by the browser maker Opera, which is now entering the fintech space. But first, let us take a glimpse at this week's news. First up, a story that reminded me of the time when live tech events were a thing. Event networking app Grip, which is based in London, has raised 13 million US dollars in funding. The app used to be focused on physical events, but has since moved on to work also with virtual and hybrid events. It does not want to replace the event platforms like Hopin or uh, something else, but it is aiming to become the networking solution of choice. It already integrates with video conferencing platforms and services like Zoom and BlueJeans, and also it can integrate into uh, platforms like Vimeo or YouTube. So Grip told TechCrunch that the company's revenues grew almost four times in the year 2020, and this year it expects to do over 10,000 events on its platform with over 5 million participants. Swedish cloud communications company Cinch is acquiring IntelliQuent, a voice communications provider based in the US. The deal is worth a whopping 1.14 billion US dollars, and it also means that Cinch now gets a place among the major voice communication platforms in the United States. This is the biggest acquisition by Cinch so far, but it's certainly not the first one, and let me quote here my colleague Animas Grove, who reported the news for tech.eu. Cinch has been on a shopping spree, buying up startups on different continents. Last June, the Nordic company bought ACL Global for 62 million euros, expanding its footprint in India and Southeast Asia. In May, it bought Germany's SAP Digital for 225 million euros. In March 2020, it acquired Wavy for 60 million euros to grow across Latin America. And finally, in fall 2019, it took over the French startup My Elephant. The quote ends. It is certainly an interesting company, and if you want to hear more about Cinch, I would recommend you to check my interview with uh, the CEO, Oscar Werner, in the episode number 117 of this show, and I will leave a link in the show notes. Now, let us talk about SPACs real quick. We have got a new one this week, and there is probably going to be much more to surface soon in continental Europe. Klaus Hommels, uh, who's known as the founder of the VC firm Lakestar, has launched a blank check company that will float in Frankfurt on Monday. The new SPAC is called Lakestar SPAC 1SE, and Hommels is looking to raise up to 275 million euros to later acquire a late-stage European tech company. According to CNBC, Lakestar SPAC is the second blank check firm to float in continental Europe this year. The first one was in Amsterdam. If this space continues, we are going certainly to see much more SPACs across Europe than in the year 2020, which only saw three of such listings. And now we've got two within the first two months of the year. So let's keep an eye on that. 
Speaking of European VCs, we have got a new fund that's focused on the so-called emerging Europe. Early Bird Digital East Fund is a 200 million euro successor fund. Uh, the first one was a bit smaller at 150 million US dollars. Uh, the fund is associated with Germany's Early Bird VC but operating separately according to a report on TechCrunch and it is aimed at the CEE region including the Baltics as well as Turkey. So far, uh, the Digital East Fund has done really well, actually, uh, with an investment multiple of 24.9x as of the end of 2020. I would certainly recommend you to check out the story on TechCrunch, where Mike Butcher interviewed uh, Sam Sertoglu, the co-founder and managing partner of the fund. Up next, Deliveroo is reportedly about to officially, finally announce its IPO. Sky News has reported that the company has, I quote, penciled in 8 March to publish an expected intention to float announcement, meaning shares in Deliveroo could start trading just weeks later, the quote ends. This is certainly going to be one of the long-awaited European tech listing, which should value Deliveroo at up to 7.5 billion pounds. Speaking of Deliveroo, the company has just lost a case in the lower court in the Netherlands, which ruled that the company's delivery workers are not freelancers. The case was brought up by the Trade Union Federation FNV, and it claims, I quote, that delivery workers are pseudo-freelancers and should be paid in line with official pay and conditions agreement for the sector, the quote ends. Uh, to add some context here, the Netherlands is also home of Takeaway.com, which is now called just eatTakeaway.com after the merger, and uh, that company uses a different model. Uh, it does offer its delivery workers employment contract, minimum amount of working hours per month, and benefits like sick pay and accident insurance. With that in mind, I am pretty sure that Deliveroo will have to do the same eventually. For now, however, the UK-based meal delivery giant is going to appeal to the Dutch Supreme Court. In the pandemic news, David Hinrichus, uh, the founder and CEO of TransferWise, has launched a new startup. It's called Certific, and it's an app that's supposed to be democratizing COVID-19 testing. In short, a user can buy a test, be it PCR or an, or an antigen test, through the app, and then the app would instruct them how to use the test kit, and then the test would be sent back to the lab, and that would send the result back to the app. With a negative result, the user would get a digital certificate. And quoting CNBC, uh, the idea is that users will eventually be able to use these certificates for recreation or traveling abroad. The quote ends. The app by Tabat Hidrikos is now only available in the UK since this week, but it will also be rolled out in other countries over time. On that note, it is time to get to our today's interview. Earlier this week, Norwegian browser company Opera launched its own fintech startup that is called DeFi, that's spelled D-I-F-Y, and it said that it's going to invest over 100 million US dollars in fintech in the coming years. So we really wanted to learn more about the initiative and our editor Robin Wouters talked to Christian Kolondra, who is spearheading Opera's fintech effort. Enjoy. Hey, this is Robin Walters from Tech.eu, and I am joined here remotely, of course, as usual, by Christian Colondra. He is the EVP for browsers and European fintech at Opera. Now, Opera is a very well-known European fintech company that also makes browsers. Uh, I'm joking, of course, it's the other way around, but Christian, maybe you can tell us a lot more about that. Uh, give us a brief introduction, maybe, first. 
Okay, thanks, Robin. Hi, everyone. Uh, this is uh, Christian Colondra. Um, I'm EVP at Opera with Opera for like 14, actually more than 14 years now, for a decade working on the browsers and uh, making the, let's say, the browsers and the internet better for, for everyone. Uh, as, as you mentioned, it's, um, it's really um, like been crazy, crazy days, crazy times uh, for us. Um, we've been through various uh, phases of innovation on the browser side until this moment came where we actually go into fintech. So this is where we are today, launching yeah. completely new brand and uh, new fintech products uh, right away for our browser users. Yeah, we're going to dive into that topic uh, for sure. Uh, but maybe just a little bit more about the history of the company, because for those who don't know, Opera was started, I think, 1994, 1995, uh, mid-90s in any case. Um, you know, developing browsers and applications, content discovery solutions and, and whatnot. Uh, I actually visit the company in, in back in Oslo, where it is still headquartered today, many, many moons ago. Uh, but since then, it sort of became a quite a different company from its early, let, let's say, the first 20 years, um, you know, culminating in the in the conversation that we're having now about, you know, Opera doing fintech and also gaming, which we'll discuss in a second as well. Um, but yeah, you've been there 14 years, so you must have seen a lot of change at the company as well. Yes, indeed. Um, so lots of changes happening, but uh, I think a few things uh, stayed the same. So we still remain to like uh, some of our like original like uh, values of trying to build the best possible products and uh, innovating. So many of the inventions that or how the browsers look like today, it's actually um, most of those are inventions by Opera like tabbed browsing or the speed dials, the tiles that you see when you launch the browser were first introduced by Opera. And there were like many more like a features or like a smaller or bigger ones that, that, that we brought first. But yes, uh, everything has been changing and been changing because uh, also um, the internet became much more capable. If you looked at the web pages like 20 years ago and so on, usually they were like, uh, maybe they had like yellow background and uh, green font and uh, good luck in trying to read something on them. Uh, today, then of course, uh, CSS, our former like a CTO, Hakon Wumli, he was like, of course, uh, one of the founders of, of, of CSS. Thanks to CSS and other technologies, the web pages are really like cornerstone of today's services, applications. You wake up, you start your like laptop or PC, you start the browser and um, everything you do there. This is how, how the world looks like. So yes, it has changed. It also has changed on how we, like we're a different company now. We have so many more users. We have like 380 million users. So that's, um, that. there are only a few companies in the world that can that can claim having that many. And um, yes, we're expanding. We understand that people need not just the browser, um, not only access to the content, but they also need the browser to help them in their like everyday work experience. So many of the features that we have allow you, for instance, for better multitasking. You can, for instance, chat while browsing directly in the browser. You can take the video outside of the browser and watch your like a YouTube um, video or even listen to the podcast while um, having full controls while like a browsing. But also let's say that there is an incoming call coming uh, to you on 
teams or hangouts then the podcast will automatically like pause or like you know the small things that actually make your everyday experience better and then coming from that we started going into content content discovery uh, using artificial intelligence and then now going also into gaming so um, like uh, less than two years ago we have launched a completely new product opera gx for gamers which is just uh, going in that direction. Very interesting, actually. Yeah, and now also fintech. Although I have to say the fintech move is not necessarily news. Of course, last year, uh, Opera already acquired a startup in Estonia called Pocosis, uh, which was a banking as a service software company. Uh, we already knew that uh, you were venturing into fintech then. Uh, but then you also acquired a new bank in Lithuania called Fjord Bank, uh, I think over the summer. Uh, and then you also got a license, I think, or you joined the Emerging Payments Association here in the EU. Uh, so we knew that this was coming, but this week uh, was actually the news announcement. So maybe you can talk us through what you actually launched this week. Yes, that's correct. And this announcement is following like a, a larger or broader plan that we that we had that follows all this uh, like acquisitions uh, and so on. But um, before I like say what what we're launching is like it's a little bit uh, uh, what is important here is like a little bit of background which is like uh, if you think about browsers it's like what people do there like I said it's like almost everything but then one thing that I didn't mention yet is actually shopping so how how you discover things to buy how you how you actually actually make the purchases make the payments you do this quite often in the browsers and browsers are not helping users to do this today. So this was the angle why we started looking after these acquisitions. And then to the point, like uh, what we're launching now is uh, we're launching a DeFi, which is a new fintech brand for Opera. This is coming with the digital wallet, which is like featuring the current account with European IBAN, with a virtual debit card from MasterCard. So you can make also like payments. You can also pair it with Google Pay, uh, Apple Pay coming soon. And um, so basically modern digital wallet that you can pair with your PC browser as well. And then when you shop, you will get cashback uh, and um, this cashback will be transferred directly to the wallet. So it's a starting point. We thought people are already shopping and they shop a lot with uh, with our browsers. Then we thought, why don't we offer them like a cashback or coupons, special deals? And then why to not connect this uh, for the convenience with the wallet? Yeah, okay, that's very clear. Uh, you mentioned a lot of users. You said 380 million on a monthly basis worldwide. Uh, but in Europe alone, you have 50 monthly uh, users, if I understand correctly. Uh, so that's a large base to tap from uh, when you want to you know, move into services like this. Can all of these 50 million users start with DeFi today or is it going to take some time? So like you're saying, like uh, we, we have like a, the, the global audience of 380 million users, 50 million in Europe. And uh, I have to say that this is the ideal position for any fintech to, 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 to start, to be able to tap into like a 50 million, not active as just, uh, you know, did something, but active and loyal, really using the product. We are not starting with all of them. We are starting in Spain, but our ambition is that we very quickly will be enabling more markets because uh, this is like a pan-European product, but our ambitions, of course, are, are in the longer term global. Great. So you offer an account, you offer a virtual credit card with MasterCard, integration with Google Pay, uh, and then you give cash back for shopping. But how does it actually work? Does it work on, on any website or do you have to close partnerships with e-commerce groups and, and, and brands uh, to get that done? 
so yes so this is um, this works that way that um, uh, when you when you shop in the browser uh, if we are introducing a new shopping mode and uh, this shopping mode is something that is supposed to help to protect the the user protect the user's privacy but also disabling like extensions and other potential like trackers that could tap into what you're doing on this uh, uh, shops and so this is a starting point and then when user is shopping then we have a selection of shops that uh, like yes we have to partner either directly or through affiliate networks with now we are slightly less than 100 we're every day going to add more and more but we have a few hundred more lined up so so like the, this selection of shops will be growing rapidly understood um so that makes you a fintech company or at least uh, partly a fintech company uh, which there is, is, of course, a lot of competition out there. Uh, we cover the European fintech space quite actively. It's where the most investment is being done, where lots of innovation is taking place across Europe. Uh, you know, 10 billion euros almost invested into fintech scale-ups. Why compete with those scale-ups and how do you plan to sort of go against these uh, new banks and, and, and offers of, of virtual credit cards? Yes, what we're thinking is like that um, there, there has to be a connection between what people do in the browser and uh, e-commerce shopping and, uh, of course, the payments. And we believe that this um, the wallet that we are launching, the, the application, can be this uh, such a connection. And um, this is, for us, it's sort of, you could say, a marketplace. It is a place, this application, where we envision users in the future, uh, not so distant, uh, distant I hope, will be able to also do other things like get credit, like a buy now, pay later fashion. Uh, they will be able, so like per purchase, yeah, they will be able to also organize their the finance and also do the savings. Also investment either into uh, stocks, funds or crypto. So this is like basically the idea. And um, since we own the user today, and since a lot is happening also in the browser, we believe that it makes sense that we actually connect this. But of course, like um, the wallet is something or the, the, like the payment is the application that you want to keep like a separate from your browser, right? So this is why there is like an extra application that we're not just building this into the browser or like uh, on both PC or on mobile, but that there is like a standalone. And of course, then you need to have payment options like card or maybe other local payment options that will be required in some markets. But this is like a natural step to bridge the gap between what browsers offer today, the e-commerce and the the experience that users have. Like, uh, wouldn't it be nice to be able, for instance, with one click, you go to the shop and not only you get the best offer, like uh, either with cashback or with coupon, but also with one click, you just choose your address and the browser does everything else for you, like uh, clicks what is needed and leaves you at the final checkout page where you just confirm, yes, this is what I want to do. And then you confirm in your uh, wallet application to make the purchase, right? So this is the 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 experience that I would like to see. And this like, uh, I call it like a, a smart shopping experience where you actually can go into one click and uh, get something done. Super interesting. And also thanks for clarifying uh, what the future plans are because that was going to be my next question. Maybe from, from, from another perspective, if you are building this as a standalone brand, you're not building it into the browser, you're not calling it Opera Bank or something like that. Do you think that brand can exist on its own and maybe get more opera users is that the goal or do you want to eventually maybe spin off this company or or just leave it as a standalone business within the opera group 
So, of course, we'll see what the future will bring, but we are very, very excited about this, uh, what we're doing right now. We believe that the browser is really an essential piece of, of that, especially at the very starting point, because that gives us the users, that gives us the browser and so on. But of course, like um, a lot can be built also on the fintech, plain fintech side. And this is also why we decided to actually create it as a, as a separate uh, separate brand. So can't exclude any uh, any options. I think we're right now we see that um, we're actually very excited about its uh, this uh, its future. Yeah, um, I think Opera said, or at least uh, I got the message that you were investing a hundred million dollars into sort of the next few years uh, to build this out. Christian, what are you going to spend this money on? So of of course, like uh, if if you think about this, like. Part of the money is uh, always spent on development, part is spent on some acquisitions, and part is spent on marketing. So I guess that's, um, that's where, where the money will go, right? Can you lift the veil uh, up a little bit when it comes to acquisitions? What, what are the types of acquisitions that you think might happen in the future? You mentioned crypto, buy now, pay later. So I'm guessing... Uh, you know, uh, there are already quite a few players out there, so maybe a smaller one in that. Yeah, I think that like talking about like acquisitions is like um, if you think about what we what we have done is like uh, we went after like uh, a bank as a service. We went after a payment institution that can grant uh, basically issue cards, and uh, of course going after bank, which is like if you if you look at other fintechs. Uh, then ultimately they want to be a full bank, right? This is uh, this is something also that uh, that we're looking at. But then I think not re- not going to reveal like the the the, the next steps. What I think is um, anyway, I already said what is the like ultimate goal that we want to build DeFi as the platform where users will have the options to do all all those things like uh, getting crypto or getting uh, I don't know even insurance and some of those we will develop ourselves, some of those through acquisitions and some through partners. will be interesting to watch. Uh, do you also plan to venture outside of Europe and maybe uh, address uh, sort of global needs with the fintech uh, department? Yes. So um, some of the products that we're going to develop under DeFi brand may at some point in time go outside Europe. And I think that um, it is easy to think that cashback might be one of those. But uh, first, we will focus on Europe. That's, that's, that's clear. We'll get... Europe, and then we can think about uh, other markets. Great. Uh, of course, you're also a publicly listed company, uh, so that gives you some uh, room to play uh, with regards to acquisitions and whatnot. So it will be interesting to watch. Um, we talked also very briefly about the fact that you're not only diversifying when it comes to fintech, but also in gaming. And that was uh, also quite a recent announcement, I think, of the acquisition of uh, Yo-Yo Games in Scotland. Uh, can you maybe elaborate on, on what you're doing on, on that front? Okay, yes. So um, some time ago, like I mentioned, we have uh, launched Opera GX, which is a browser for gamers. And this is not uh, for casual gamers, but for gamers who actually, as we did, internal service that were answered by a few hundred thousand actually people. These are gamers who play at least three hours a day, right? So it's um, at least this is what they what they claim that they are playing because we also had a question uh, how much really, uh, t- how much time really you spent on playing games and those answers were actually higher. But we can't believe that people are spending so many hours so, so quoting only these three hours. But this is a very, like, uh, you know, a very, very clear trend that... Um, 
uh, esports or gaming and so on is becoming more mainstream. And if you look at the gaming hardware, how it's uh, being sold or the total value of the gaming industry, that's exploding. It's already bigger than uh, than the like um, basically Hollywood or or movies. So it's uh, it's quite clear that this is very hot area. When it comes to the recent acquisition of YoYo Games, YoYo Games does uh, offer a game engine, game maker, and game maker studio. And here is like a, an interesting thing: um, if you go back to like um, year two thousand, and you think about um, let's say blocks, uh, to to make a block in around like this time, like two thousand year two thousand, you had to maybe know HTML, maybe you found someone who could do hosting for you. But then suddenly you've got uh, more options like WordPress, just an example. And then suddenly almost everyone could create their own blog within minutes. Then you have 2004 and then you have YouTube. And But still to publish movies on YouTube that required like, you know, getting the camera, having a complicated or like a specialized equipment to actually transfer the video from camera to PC, transcode it, upload it, and so on. Difficult process. Today it takes an eight years old to press a record button while playing Minecraft and publish to YouTube. And this is what you see already happening. So this um, barrier to entry is going down. And what we believe is that, or what I believe is that uh, for games, it took enthusiasts in the past or uh, professional studios to build games, but this barrier is going down rapidly. More and more people, teenagers, kids, uh, students are interested in creating games as a form of expression, as another medium. And this is what Game Maker Studio does really well because it allows people who were, for instance, only dealing with like uh, creating like animations, graphics, or music, and so on, either to collaborate with developers or even themselves to build games or start building games, or for anyone who is just passionate about games to start building their own game. And this is like a, something that we believe uh, a new trend uh, or uh, something that is only starting that uh, more and more people will be really into this. Yeah, I'll have to try that out, make my own game. Um, so we have fintech, we have gaming, uh, which makes sense. A lot of that takes place in the browser already. Uh, what else can we expect? Are you building a car? Are you doing VR headsets? So what else can we expect from Opera? Yeah, this is uh, like what we what we want really is uh, to deliver on those all those projects that we already started. I think this is extremely exciting. Once we deliver on those, then we we can look into like other things. But I think that the the spectrum of possibilities in either fintech or gaming is so huge that we will not run out of ideas there. Great. Um, you launched in Spain. What will be the next market for uh, the DeFi uh, brand? So, like I said, um, our focus is Europe uh, and um, not disclosing like exact uh, countries where we will go. But uh, like, I'm, like I'm saying, like uh, we, we want shortly to, to be adding more countries one after another. Great. Well, it'll be interesting to watch. Uh, I'm definitely going to keep uh, an eye out for that. I think next week you're also releasing earnings uh, for the group. So I'll be watching very closely and see how the DeFi brand uh, develops over time. Christian, thank you so much for your time and clarifying a lot of the questions that I had with, with this announcement. Thank you. And this is it for our today's episode. Thank you so much for listening today. If you like the show, do subscribe today wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if that place has a possibility to rate and review the show, please do that as well. That helps enormously. 
Audio engineering for this podcast done by SoundPulse, that is sound-pulse.com. Your questions, suggestions, and opinions are always very welcome. Send them to podcast at tech.eu. Also, there is always our voicemail inbox at tech.eu slash voicemail. You can head over there, speak your mind, and get featured on one of our next episodes, tech.eu slash voicemail, or podcast at tech.eu. We are always happy to hear from you in any way, shape, or form. This was Tech EU Podcast. I am Andre Degler and I will talk to you again next week. For now, take care and enjoy the weekend. Bye-bye.